I have a constant struggle with the whole doing the work that serves you versus doing the work that makes you money. (laughs) Because my passion is helping these smaller businesses and nonprofits get off the ground. And also recognizing that these are not necessarily the organizations that have like a huge amount of disposable capital. Yep. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows you to spend more time with your toes in the sand than your fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm a copywriter and consultant, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Welcome to the Freedom Found Podcast, Sarah. Can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we'll get into the meat of things. Sure. I'm Sarah. I own MRU Writing. I specialize in SEO-driven, customer-focused website copy and no-code website design. I'm a solopreneur. I work with underserved communities, small to medium-sized businesses and nonprofits, that are women, BIPOC, LGBTQIA plus owned. I'm super passionate about helping small businesses, especially in those underserved communities grow because those are often the businesses that are doing like the most vital work in our communities. And they're also often the businesses that are most underserved by traditional funding and marketing methods and investors. I love that. And in terms of your services and the deliverables that you provide, do most clients come to you looking for website copy or looking for design and then you're up or cross-selling them? So honestly, it's usually a one-two package. People will come to me and say, help. My website is not generating enough. You know, people are confused by it or it's not getting enough feedback or it's not, you know, people are not really staying. People don't understand what's going on. So I will let them know about accessibility design, clarity of design. And then I will also be like, and also your copy is not serving you in the way that it could. Mm -hmm. And usually with clients that hire me for the website design and copy, I also end up working with them to either establish or enhance their social media presence as well. So I offer some social media management. Awesome. And is that usually an add-on in addition to the project? Yes. Okay. I love it. A cohesive project base. So thinking about that, what are your upcoming goals or challenges? What is it that you really want to ask today? So I have a constant struggle with the whole doing the work that serves you versus doing the work that makes you money. (laughs) Because my passion is helping these smaller businesses and nonprofits get off the ground. And also recognizing that these are not necessarily the organizations that have like a huge amount of disposable capital. Yep. That's, That's where I struggle. I also deeply hate cold pitching, like on the real, real hate it. Yep. (laughs) It's like my least favorite thing in the world. So I'm finding that's stalling me out a little bit with client acquisition because 
the idea, you know, I've, I've been in some coaching or groups and stuff that are like email a hundred cold pitches a day or whatever. And I'm just like, it's not for me. Yeah. What is it that you hate about that? Because I, myself, I'm in agreement, the whole hundred quantity, yada, yada, but I'll also challenge it a little bit to say, we don't primarily use that, but some of our copywriting coaching clients do, but in a very, let's say personal, holistic way, a much, much, much smaller scale with really personalized messages and offering support and value without even asking for a call or a sale or much before that point in time. I think I would prefer something like that. I, mm-hmm. I've i never really built up like an email list. That's something that I'm really interested in doing. Something where I can like, where it's almost not cold pitching anymore at all anymore because mm-hmm. they've already experienced me like on a blog or a website or on social media. And so they already have an idea of who I am. I think what puts me off about cold pitching is that it feels very popularity contest a little bit. Mm. Like, here's all the things I can do. Please like me and, you know, appreciate my worth. And then Mm -hmm. you get rejected and over and it's not even necessarily the rejection. It's just the idea of constantly being like, please like vote for me for class president. Like, yes, yes. Okay. I get that. So I'm just going to paint a little picture of an option for you. You do not by any means need to move forward with cold pitching if you don't like it. But I want you to know that another version of it exists purely because it sounds like you have been exposed to some non-aligned strategies, things that we are not okay with over here. But I just do want you to know what's at your disposal because sometimes cash flow is a necessity to bring in right away. So I just want you to know what you can tap into and a way that you can do it with values and operating an ethical business model. And then we can talk about other strategies too. So if you wanted to do something that's more aligned, I would argue more ethical and just like generally more empathetic and human to human, my recommendation is to adapt a style of outreach that is more so, hey, I saw X, Y, and Z, either if you enter into their funnel or you're on your website primarily, or even on social for you. And I noticed there's, you know, one or two things that you're not doing right now that you could do. Can I offer you some free information? So you could offer and you could give them a Loom video and you could audit their website for free. And you could say, you can take this and run with this with your team if you want. If you want to learn more about it, I'm happy to hop on a call and talk. I think one of the biggest problems with cold pitching that I hate that I like I get so many cold pitches myself in my inbox in my DMs from brands wanting us to hire them and it cringes me so much when somebody comes in with a pitch like you're describing I've seen it a million times hey this is me this is what I can do I can help you grow to like x kajillion dollars like tomorrow and it's obviously like sending a bunch of red flags right away to somebody because there are a lot of claims and ego attached to it but primarily the problem with it you strip all of that away it's because it's coming from a hey I need you place instead of here's how I can serve place. And if we flip the script on that, it becomes more human to human, empathetic, and just helpful and valuable. And that's where we've seen a lot of our mastermind clients gain a lot of success and traction and filling their client rosters with direct outreach because it's intentional, it's smaller scale, it's quality over quantity, and they're offering value first. And they're coming from a place of how can I serve? And in doing that, it illustrates their expertise and their authority. And then obviously they're interacting with dream fit clients that might then say, 
actually, yes, tell me more about this. This has been on our mind or you're spotting something that we didn't see before. And that could help us increase profit margins and decrease like churn, whatever it is that you're helping them with from a strategic like design or copywriting perspective. So that's an option for you if you want to approach it in that way. And then what you can do is you can just provide that value to those that respond. So you don't need to go and do a full audit of people's sites if it's in email number one, because you don't know if you're going to be hearing back from everybody. Well, I can guarantee you won't. But those that are like, hey, yeah, that would be interesting. Can you let me know more about that? Then you say, yes, sure. Here's the overview. This is, you know, what I would recommend doing. This is like one small statement about this is what I help clients do X, Y, and Z. That is it. And then you invite them to use it with their team or if they want to ask or get on a call with you for more information, then you can do that. So it's not asking right away, hey, here's what I do and get on a sales call with me because people are cold at this point and that's just not how it works. It's like getting down on one knee with the Tiffany's box, asking for the proposal without even meeting each other first. I don't know why this ever became a thing. I don't know why. I could talk about it all day. So that exists. (laughs) And you you could explore that if you want to. But other options include, you know, obviously social media is both the short and long-term strategy. But one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I really want to touch on is your own email list. Your own email list could be so, so valuable for you in the short and the long-term. When I first started out, I got my first five paying clients within 90 days of starting my email list with less than 100 subscribers. And that's just because I showed up and I gave value just once a week. Like that's all it was is an email once a week. And it was strategic. Like I was nurturing them. It was actually two website audits at the time. So I was nurturing them every week, talking about the value of a website, what they need, maybe what they're missing, right? Just hitting on their current state and their goals. And then at the end, I said, hey, I'm doing these website audits. This is what it looks like. I built a lot of rapport and trust with people. And I landed my first five paying clients just from that. So on any scale, even if you just got 50 people on your list, you could do something like that and continue to add more subscribers that are ideal fit, maybe represented less in different communities, organizations, et cetera, and then grow that trust with them like we talked about and eventually then ask for an inquiry or next steps with you. Do you have suggestions for like a free or low cost email list management system? Yes. Okay. So if cash flow is tight, one of my favorite platforms to use, I use this starting out and it cost me zero dollars then. And I think it still is now. That is MailerLite, L I T E. That's a great, easy platform for you to start out on and build your list. And then if you want additional features in the future, you can upgrade or you can transfer to a different platform. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Because I think one of the things. So I really love your email list. I really love the emails that I get from you. I'm glad. (laughs) Because they are so personal and they're very connected. And I really like that. And that's the kind of approach that I want. And that's what my clients resonate with from me is having like a empathetic, personable approach and not like sometimes you get on a call with somebody and you can tell that they've like had a script that they've written and it's Mm -hmm. just you know, it's every client that they talk to, they're like, here is my script of what I talk about. And that's not, that's not who I am (laughs) as a person. Yes. So yeah, I really like the idea of an email list. And I like the idea of instead of doing the like, 100 mass DMs or emails a day doing something that's more more personalized and connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would be great, especially connecting with your ideal client. 
And just coming back to kind of your very original first thought of kind of managing these two sides of working with clientele that maybe don't have the capital to invest in the copywriting prices you might be wanting to charge or design prices versus those companies that you know would be able to. There are many different ways that you can set this up, but I know you've got nonprofits, but you've also got businesses owned or founded by less represented communities, right? Well, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of those that are making money, that are making more money even in startup phase or out of startup phase. So you could potentially try to have a balance in who you're connecting with and who you're drawing in either to your email list or if you do any cold outreach and, you know, like earmarking on your calendar, 50% of your projects, let's say, to the clients that aren't going to be able to pay full prices. And maybe you're giving them some sort of like a incentivized price or service opportunity from you where you add on some services that you know they otherwise couldn't afford because you're really committed to their mission and you want to give back and have that impact. And then the other side, that's like your original non-scholarship side, essentially. So you could set it up like that and just have a balance. For me personally, impact is really important to me as well as a past teacher. So when I set up the business, I wanted to make sure I could do something that gave back to communities I wanted to. And so I tried working in some niches that were NGO-based But I really had a hard time personally getting clients that not they wanted to work with me, but they couldn't pay to work with me. And so I had to figure out a way to actually pay my bills and be able to give back. So this is just what I did, but I switched my niche of who I actually primarily work with. And then I donate a portion of every single project to aligned charities. So that's an option too. You can get really creative and get outside the box, but you could definitely like even do pro bono projects or something like that for those that would fall under that scholarship category for you. Awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. Do you have any other questions? I don't think so. I am really excited about this. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, what's the first next thing that you're going to do or confirm? Get on that mailer light. Yes. Get that mailer list. That's on my action items list. Get on there. (laughs) I love it. And then get that email list going and just bring everybody back to that email list. Put it in your email signature. Give them a reason to want to join the list. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a loyal Freedom Found podcast listener. And if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would pass this on to a friend. This is how we can help support each other and get this message out to more women that might be waiting right now to hear a message just like this. So you can go and share this with your business best friend right now or head on over to leave us a five-star review. Your small gesture really does mean more than you know. Thank you so, so much. Love you lots. And I'll catch you next time.